This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. We closely watch the reports of the statistics when it comes to overdoses in this province now because we are hoping to see some kind of improvement. It's been several years since the overdose crisis was declared a public health crisis in this province, meaning that we focused a lot of resources on it. Has any of that, though, been making a difference? Well, the latest numbers are out. Let's get into them now with the help of Andy Watson, who is with the BC Coroner Service Communications Office. Andy, thanks so much for being here. Thanks, Simi, for having me on and for keeping this uh, issue, obviously, in the public uh, domain. It's so important that we continue to talk about this. Oh, you're so right about that. So what what time frame do these latest stats cover? So today we released data for illicit drug toxicity deaths and fentanyl detected deaths for the first six months of 2019. And it shows a comparison over the the course of the last decade in terms of the number of illicit drug toxicity deaths that have occurred in our province. And so I think last year around this time when we were talking, we were dealing with death totals, you know, in the hundreds, um, you know, 120 here, 140 there. And, you know, at some point in time, it just it got to, to the point where it was like, okay, are we going to see a turnaround here? And, you know, we have thankfully seen a decrease, which is encouraging through the first six months of 2019, um, month over month and year over year. Um, all combined, uh, we've seen a reduction by about one third in, in terms of the total number of deaths uh, for the first six months of this year compared to that same time period last year. That said, um, while we've seen the fatality rate decrease, um, I do understand from our partners, uh, you know, folks at the BC Centre for Disease Control, BC Centre on Substance Use, those at the health authorities and on the front lines, that both the number and severity of non-fatal overdoses is not on the decline. So optimism and, and, and encouragement for the fact that the number of tox- uh, fatal uh, incidents with, uh, with overdoses is down, but that the non-fatal number hasn't come down is still obviously a big concern for those in our province. So what does that tell us then, Andy? Does that tell us that we're just we're getting better at saving people who are overdosing? You know, it's a tricky question because we don't answer the why question. Uh, We answer the how, where, when, and by what means questions. But I think, you know, if you were to take a look at some of the, you know, some of the literature that is out there, um, I know in June, and and I know you've covered this in the past in June, the BC Centre for Disease Control uh, released a study that talked about were it not for the interventions and and actions that have been taken to date, um, you know, the death toll would be between two and a half and three times higher than, than, than what it is. And certainly we do know, I think, too, that that whole discussion that we've had around stigma, I think people realize now that this this isn't just a choice that people are making, that, you know, substance use is is a medical condition. And so we need to treat it as such. And so by creating access to supervised consumption sites, overdose prevention sites, uh, creating access to drug checking services, making sure that people know if they have a substance use disorder, they can talk to a healthcare professional about treatments available, expanding access to those treatments. All these steps that have happened, and even the education around the naloxone and carrying a naloxone kit with you and calling 911 if you see someone with an overdose, all these steps, I think if you were to combine them all, mm-hmm. we, we, we have seen a difference. And again, it's hard to measure that uh, with any sort of level of preciseness, but anecdotally, certainly from our end, um, you know, when we know we're dealing with a toxic drug supply, 
these efforts are certainly helping. And I mean, you can see our numbers yeah. uh, on the decline. I think I think it would be very fair and safe to correlate that and, and to see that we are, you know, we have turned a corner in terms of the number of people dying. That said, June of 2019, there were still 73 British Columbians who died because of uh, illicit drug right. toxicity deaths. So that's still a number that's far too high. But it also sounds like you can't really let up because it is all of that pressure that is perhaps making the difference in lowering these numbers. Yeah, and I think, you know, we have a role to play here in making sure that the data we provide is being provided in a timely fashion. So those on the front lines are able to go out and, and, and make informed decisions about where resources need to go. And, and, and in terms of the deeper dive that we do into our data, you know, as we look at these multi-page protocols, collecting that information and sharing it with partners is so important. You know, a lot of these deaths continue to be preventable too. You know, we mm-hmm. know the drug supply is toxic and we all talk about that. But the fact that people continue to use alone, we still have some work obviously to do around that. Nine in 10 deaths are occurring indoors. Uh, we know that people that are dying, males are overrepresented in the data. Fentanyl's detected in four in every five deaths. So we know that there's still work to be done around the stigma piece. Um, I was going to ask it, you about it, fentanyl it, it, there, as you mentioned there too. Yeah. So fentanyl clearly still a huge issue. Yeah. And I mean, I guess the one thing that maybe, you know, we had that big blip um, at the beginning of the year, the first four months of the year where we saw, saw car fentanyl just surge up in terms of the number of deaths where we were detecting that. And that is leveled out a little bit. Um, we, we peaked in March at 32 deaths um, out of the approximately 100 that had been reported uh, that month that had contained carfentanil. And for those that don't know, carfentanil is about 100 times more potent than fentanyl used as an elephant tranquilizer. It, it's extremely dangerous uh, for, for, for human consumption. Mm-hmm. So and and very hard to 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 filter out of your uh, out of your supply. And so, you know, we were quite concerned about that in the first 4 months where we saw massive increases, but in May, uh, 13 deaths with carfentanil detected and and so far for June just 4. So hopefully uh, uh there's been some good efforts in 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 terms of trying to get that out of the supply. Um but we know the drug checking services, they've they've played a very important role in terms of helping right. people to be able to understand what it is they're taking. And uh, we'll continue to do the work that we need to do. Uh, but again, knowing that the, the severity and number of non-fatal overdoses is not on the decline, uh, it just underlines that urgency that we need to continue to have to reduce overdose events um, and obviously prevent poor outcomes and, and also the long-term right. disability in those people that are surviving. Andy, what about the, the people who were, the stats had shown that most of these deaths are happening kind of in private homes, right? People overdosing by themselves. Has there been any change in those numbers? Not from what we've seen. And, and again, I think we'll need to do another deeper dive at some point in time into this data to really better understand, you know, looking a little bit more granularly as, as to whether or not the, the literature and any of the discussion that's been out there has helped. But we do know that about with nine in every 10 deaths occurring indoors, we know that people are still using alone. We know that people are, are using, they just looking at some of the anecdotal things we see, you know, mm-hmm. somebody in their bathroom who's, who's, who's died using alone without anyone even aware that they were using a substance or, you know, somebody, uh, you know, uh, you know, being uh, in the living room when no one else is home and, and dying using alone. Again, we urge people, if you are using substances and you may be using for a variety of reasons, you may be in pain, uh, you may be down on your luck, you may, you may have a dependency issue, 
please go talk to your healthcare provider about your disorder. They have treatments available to help you. And and I mean, better yet, if you are going to use substances, access one of those supervised consumption mm-hmm. sites or overdose prevention sites because we know that they're working. Not a single death reported either of those types of locations. An important note. Andy, thank you so much for your time on this. Simi, thanks again for the uh, coverage and and the ongoing support to talk about this issue. Always. It's so important. That's Andy Watson from the BC Coroner Service Communications Office talking about their latest numbers. And there are some promising things in those numbers.